Good morning. It's good to see you all. Let me just get organized here. I have a picture on my pad that my daughter says I shouldn't have there because it embarrasses her, so I thought I'd show it to you <laughs> when they were younger. But anyway, sorry for that. Well, not really. Um, one of my favorite uh, songs, um, if I can get into this, oh dear. If we're having technological problems, if I can't get into this, you're not hearing the sermon. <laughs> you can look up in your Bibles anyway, um, John chapter 1. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 14. Um, one of my favorite songs is one of the songs that Richard led us through is Cornerstone. And part of the verse says there, When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. And I was going to show you this powerful movie that declares the, 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 the incarnate Christ um, moving and coming into this world. I can't show it to you. And so when darkness seems to hide the PowerPoint, um, depending <laughs> on God's unending grace, and uh, I know that he's going to speak with us and to our hearts. But let's, let's uh, open our Bibles up. John chapter 1 and verses 1 through the 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Lord, these, these words are amazing. These words are, are life-changing. And we pray that as we, we open up the scripture this morning, that you'd speak to each of our hearts. We, again, would want to cut off any distraction that would take us away from this word. And we ask that we might be excited and drawn into you and be all the better for it and changed for your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Amen. Well, let me read those few of those words to you again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
That's the most astonishing thing that has, I believe has ever happened. One of the most astonishing things, the eternal Son of God became a man. Jesus was and is eternally God. He always existed, and yet there was a definite point in history when Jesus, when the Word, when the Logos, when God was born as a baby. Who can get their head around that one? Well, I can't fully. Jesus was fully God, and he became fully human. And that, in a nutshell, if we can put it in a nutshell, is the incarnation. Hail the incarnate deity. Amen. Here we come to worship. And so we have these words, um, 1 John 4, 1 to 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit, it says, of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. And so there's something really important here. Uh, we, we love to, to sing away in a manger and we, we, we love to, to celebrate the baby, the baby Jesus. We, we, I was buying a little, uh, I was at a, a sale thing um, over in Glen Shee and, and we, were, we were buying uh, uh, the, the nativity set and the woman who, who was um, giving it to me forgot to put uh, Mary and, and Jesus in. I said, well, we, we need baby Jesus. In fact, we need more than baby Jesus. <laughs> she wasn't too interested in that, but I, I try to get, get in there, <laughs> there with it. But there's more to it than just baby Jesus. We've got to acknowledge that he's God become man. And in fact, if, we, if we're peddling another message, then we're peddling along with a, a kind of antichrist message. And so it's an essential doctrine it's greater than we can think at times. And so why the incarnation? Why, why did God become man? Why did Jesus come into the world to us? Well, the pre-incarnate Christ is eternal. This is a basic logic, but it's a divine logic. The, the pre-incarnate Christ is eternal. And so the eternal Christ cannot die, can he? He's eternal. And so Jesus became incarnate as a perfect man, so that he could die for the world, so that he could die for you and me. If he didn't become a man, if he didn't become incarnate, then he couldn't die as a sacrifice for our sins. He couldn't take the wrath of God upon himself. He couldn't become a substitute for you and me. He couldn't die on that cross unless he became a man. And so Jesus gives us an answer himself, We'll open up a bit more later on, but he says, John 10, 10, I'm sure you know this scripture, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or in some of your translations might say more abundantly, the, the, the word, the Greek word is parisos, it means superabundance. Anyone got superabundance life in here? Well, all of you have Christ, have that. You might not feel like it. It doesn't seem too abundant at the moment. But you have that life within you. Life that's more than the ordinary life. And so I'm looking at sort of extraordinary people this morning. Do you feel extraordinary? You look extraordinary (laughs) from this point of view. And you are extraordinary. But maybe there's one or two here this morning 
and you've never known this life. You, you've heard about baby Jesus. You've sung the hymns or the, the, the carols. You don't really know this life. Or maybe there's a Christian in here this morning, maybe just one, maybe some, and, and your faith, for whatever reason, is weakened. It's not as strong as it used to be before. You ever been in that place where your faith is not as strong as it used to be, be before? I know I've been in that place. More times than I'd like to, to share. But we can get into that place and we've, we've lost the power of the Lord's life, of the incarnate Christ, his spirit working in us. And I want to say to you this morning that the truth of the matter is that the power of Jesus Christ is in this room. Who believes that? The power of the Holy Spirit is moving in this room because Christ is present in this room. So that we might believe, and not just know in our heads, but we might believe really deep down in our believers to the moving of our souls and our spirits that Jesus is God. And so we can live a more than ordinary life. We can live that superabundant life, that extraordinary life that God has for us. If you were to drop on further down as John's Gospel into, into chapter 20 and verse 21, he says this, but these are written, what's it for you? Well, what's written for us? Well, all that's gone before in, in the Gospel of John about Jesus, but I reckon also all that's in the whole of the Bible for us about the Lord. But these are written for you that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And, and so, oh, a believer won't burn the turkey this Christmas. It's not talking about that kind of believing. I believe it might snow uh, next week. I hope it does. But it's not that kind of believing. It's a believing of abandonment into Jesus, of, of following Jesus, of, of surrendering to him, of being steadfast in love for him. That's the kind of believing that you might believe and have life. And so what's the goal of this morning? That was just the introduction, by the way. <laughs> We've got more time because we're not singing so many songs. No. What's the point of this morning? What, what's, what's the goal? Well, at the core of what we're looking at is really believing. And I know I'm speaking to believers, but we're looking at really believing, moving somewhere further in our belief, somewhere deeper, whatever point you might be in our belief this morning, and receiving that life that Jesus has given us, knowing that life, experiencing that life that the Lord has for each and every one of us. And so very simply, I want to begin by saying, this Christmas time, know, believe. I know we believe, but bringing it deeper into us, believe that Jesus is God. When the Jews asked Jesus, sorry, John the Baptist, about Jesus and who he was, or who John was, sorry, John said these words, you know how he's preaching out the wilderness and he was given that message of repent. And he says this, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And you may or may not know, but that's John quoting Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5. And it's a really interesting thing that in referring to Jesus, John the Baptist declares that Jesus is Yahweh. Listen to this from Isaiah. A voice of one calling, 
In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for Yahweh. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. And the glory of the Lord, the glory of Yahweh, will be revealed. And all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord Yahweh has spoken it. And so we we really got to sit up and understand the significance of this. Jesus is not just some prophet, as the Muslims might say. He's not just a good man, as the Hindus might say. He's not just maybe a good way, as Baha'i might say. He is Yahweh become man. And that's something to think about. That's something to ponder. He is the creator and ruler of the world. Jesus was with God in the beginning, and through him all things have been created. In fact, nothing without him has been created. This is our Jesus. He's the covenant God of Israel and the God of the Old Testament. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And no wonder then, John says, later on in verse 21 of chapter 1, the thongs of whom sandals I'm unworthy to untie. This is God Almighty, this is Yahweh walking down saying, baptize me. He said, no, I can't baptize you. You baptize me. I can't even touch your feet. This is more than baby Jesus. This is God incarnate. Hail the deity, the incarnate deity. And well, this Christmas time, let's understand and believe that Jesus is a man more than any man we ever dreamed of. He is a man as well as God. I don't know about you, but I need to cry out, Holy Spirit, fall into my head, fall into my heart. Holy Spirit, move in this place and illuminate our hearts to grasp something more of who Jesus is. This incarnate, amazing, incredible Savior, man, Redeemer, God who became man. And so that's why we have the words at the beginning. And maybe we could just stop there for a while and say, illuminate, illuminate, Holy Spirit, illuminate my mind to take me beyond the ordinary into the extraordinary of who Jesus is. And so we have these words at the beginning of John. Um, they just can't be explained away. I've read them to you already. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word, Jesus, was with God, and the Word, Jesus, was God. That's who we're worshipping. And so Jesus would say, and there's many scriptures we could pick out, but John 8, 58, if you keep notes, he would say these words, Before Abraham was I am. We know who he's talking about, don't we? As God encountered and moved with Moses. This is Yahweh. This is our God. And Jesus was, well, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he was claiming to be God. And so why did the word, why did God become flesh? Well, going in a bit deeper again, and you know all of this, I'm sure he became flesh to take away sin. 1 John 3, 5, but you know that he appeared so he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. And that's a core reason for the incarnation. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't it a massive relief 
I don't know if you know this really, I don't always realize this, I have to stop and be mindful and think, Jesus has taken away all my sin. It's probably a lot more than yours, I don't know. <laughs> but you can know that this morning, that Jesus has taken away. Some of you sitting here with a burden, uh, feeling shame, feeling crippled by something. Do you know that Jesus died to take away your sins? That's a hallelujah, brother. <laughs> That's an amen. Have you got an Amen. You're free in this room, a core reason for the incarnation. Peter says, you were ransomed, 1 Peter 1.18, if you take notes, you were ransomed with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. You know, there's no other philosophy that comes near that, is there? There's no other sort of religion that's able to deal with the issue of our sin that separates us from God, and then that abundant, superabundant, amazing, incredible life that we have as children of God. There's no other belief system that claims to have a, a sinless Savior. And why? Because there's no one like Jesus. There's no one like God become man yeah, to deal with our sin and someone who was without sin. That's something to celebrate. That's something to know. And you might say, or I'm going to say anyway, I'm going to ask the question, how can this be? Anyone want to ask that question? How can this be? Do you want to ask that question? How can this be? Thanks. Oh, I'll tell you how it can be. So, <laughs> and he said that with a lozenger in his mouth. Jesus was not born, and we know this, but I want to encourage us with it, and, and it may be fresh in the hearts in a new way this morning. He wasn't born in an ordinary way. He wasn't born by two human beings. Jesus, the God-man, was born through the virgin birth. And we sing and we celebrate that. And that's one of the most attacked doctrines, isn't it? We find not just these days, but for all time, the virgin birth. People don't want to believe that. People don't want to accept that. But the virgin birth is essential uh, for our understanding of the incarnation. And so listen how a doctor explains it. Listen how Dr. Luke, a man of medical knowledge, inspired by the Holy Spirit to put down the scripture, what we have today, he describes the birth. Luke 10, sorry, Luke 1, 30 to 35. But the angel said to her, to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and we call the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him, his, give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Good question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow shadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That's how it happened. The Holy Spirit was involved. A Virgin Mary was involved. And we have the incarnation. God become man. Jesus, holy without sin. No original sin in his life. No active sin in his behavior. And so Jesus would say these words to some Pharisees who were pestering him. Which one of you convicts me 
of sin? And the answer is no one. No one has ever been able to convict Jesus of sin. He was and had to be the perfect Lamb of God to be a sacrifice for your sins, for my sins, and for the sins of the world. And so when John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, takes away the sins in our lives, He's saying a couple of things. One of the things he's saying is Jesus would die. The God-man would die. Jesus would go on that cross, even as we think about the birth, his destiny, his mission was to go on that cross. And Jesus would die on the cross, and I don't know how you feel about the wrath of God, but the wrath of God is something awesome, something shocking, something terrible, something righteous, something holy, something pure. And yet the wrath of the God fell on God. The wrath of God fell on God incarnate. The wrath of God fell on Jesus, who we worship, so that the wrath of God doesn't fall on you and me. He became our substitute. And we receive his love so much. Christ alone, our cornerstone, eh? We receive his love and the expression of his love. And so he came to die. And that death, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of, of the world, that death makes way for many, not a few. The sin of the world. No matter where we might be in our headspace, in our life, what's going on, what's going down, or in the lives of those around us. Uh, it's the sin of the world. What does that mean? It means no race, no nationality, no ethnic group, no social group, no rich or poor, male or female, is excluded. Christ died for all. And if we just sit and read the first <coughs> chapter of John, you find that so many as received him. To those who would receive him, receive Jesus, and those who would believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And it's really cool just to sit around and think about that. The child of God, the sin has been taken away. John 3.26, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. It really doesn't get any clearer than that, does it? That's a really good scripture to dig into, to share. John 3.26, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. And, and so this Christmas time, and we've all got things happening, exciting things happening maybe, not so exciting things happening. This Christmas time, believe with abandonment, Believe with steadfastness. Believe with all of our hearts that Jesus is God so that we might have abundant life, that we might know our sins taken away, that we walk out that door with incredible confidence. Oh, but I had a bad week and I taught this and I did that this week. Christ came to wash away our sins. He's only a prayer away to rise up and some Christians in this room, it's time for you to, to rise up and, and, and walk in the confidence of what God incarnate has
has done for you. So what can we do, we'll wind up with this, what can we do with this information? Well, <laughs> the first thing is very, really, you know, I've been saying it all along, but just in case you missed it, here's what we need to do with it. Believe. <laughs> so we're choosing God, I'm choosing to believe. John 20, 31, but these are written, I've said this to you already, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Now, I'm kind of passing through here. I'm a visitor. I don't know all the faces. I don't know who all of you are, but maybe there's someone here, and you've heard about Jesus. You, you know about Jesus. Granny's a Christian. Dad's maybe a Christian. I don't know what, but you've never really believed yourself. You've never come to the Lord yourself. And I just want to encourage you this morning, what better day to believe? Second week of Advent. We're talking about peace, to find peace with God. I would encourage you to believe and there'll be opportunity. David's here to pray with you. There's other people around to ask Jesus, to believe in Jesus, to receive Jesus. Yes, it means turning around. Yes, it means repenting. We can talk around that with you if you want. But to receive Jesus, to Believe Jesus on this day, this second day of Advent, to give your life over in complete surrender. You know what will happen? You will have, and there's things to battle and go through, but you will have a super abundant life as the Holy Spirit moves upon you and into you and transforms your life. Who believes that? Amen? And if you don't know that, I'd really encourage you to come and talk to Dave or any of the crew who are hanging around after the service. Um, we'd love to share with you. But Christians, I'm calling us to believe as well. And, and there's something I, I do fairly regularly, and I just did it the other day because I knew I was preaching this. <laughs> and that is to rededicate our lives to the Lord. Well, why do I have to rededicate? Almost every day is a rededicating day, isn't it? Becoming for him. And so maybe for some Christians in, in that way, it's, well, I'm, I'm reaffirming my faith. But for some, maybe this morning, you know, if truth be told, you know your hearts got a bit cold. If truth be told, the scriptures don't pop anymore. If truth be told, worship is not really happening. If truth be told, the passion for Christ, the belief is there, but the passion is gone. And I just encourage you this morning to make this the morning. It's a choice. And once you begin, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And as we begin to make that choice, Lord, as much as I'm able, I'm rededicating my life. Consecrate my heart again. Set my heart on fire again. Bring a passion for you into my heart again. And that would be a good thing to do, I reckon. Uh, for some, maybe for all of us in the room. So the first thing is, there's only two things. First thing is, believe. The second thing is, be a witnessing light this Christmas. I wonder what you're thinking about doing this Christmas, what all the stuff we've got going on in our lives. But be a witnessing light this Christmas. Verse 6 of our text, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Yeah, I, I'm not running anyone who's got the name of John down, but it was, it was an ordinary name, wasn't it, John? <laughs> Extraordinary name. Extraordinary ordinary name. A common name, maybe. Um, and that kind of John... And, you know, God could have prepared the way for Jesus by flashing lights in a big concert 
with the instruments they had those days, um, if he wanted to. He could have a, a million and more angels shouting and triumphing his birth. He could have done anything, really. But he used a man and chose to speak through a man named John. That's the way God has chosen to let his light shine into the world through human witnesses. Any human beings in the room? Oh, what about the rest of you? <laughs> For those of you human beings in the room, God has chosen you to be a light. He's chosen us to be witnesses for him. And so, Christians, be alert to God's call on your lives. Well, I don't feel too good today. I don't feel this today. I don't feel spiritual enough today. You know, God can shine through a donkey. He can shine through you. He can shine through our lives, and more so as we, we surrender to him. We are, incredibly, the light to the world. Romans 10, 14 to 15. How then can they, those who don't know, call on the one they have not believed in? You know the scripture. And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone speaking to them or preaching to them? And how can they preach or speak unless they are sent, as, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? Who's got beautiful feet in the room this morning? Oh, mine are all stubby and they've got rotten toenails in there or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> we're, not, we're not talking about our physical feet, are we? It's a beautiful thing when a Christian decides to share Jesus with somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing. And the Lord, I believe, would look upon us and say, my, my, what beautiful feet you've got. What amazing feet you've got as we seek to, to reach out and share him with those who don't know him. What an amazing Savior. What an amazing message we have to share. Let me read it to you again. John 1, 7, 8. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And so encouragement for us this morning is, but all, all the other things that are going on in our lives is to be open and respond to God's call to every human being who has his spirit in him or her to go and be a witness and share our testimony about Jesus Christ, God incarnate. And then, as a kind of an aside, be ready and open maybe for some this morning, to hear the testimony when it comes to us from others God has sent to us. Maybe someone said something to you yesterday. It was only one word, two words. Maybe someone appeared in your life yesterday. Maybe, maybe God has spoken things and sometimes we're just not too open. And God will use a human being many, many times. He can do anything he wants but he'll speak to us through other human beings. And sometimes, I know I can be a bit closed, let's be open to what Holy Spirit wants to say to us. It could be in a prophetical way, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It could be just a conversation. Let's be open to what God wants to say to us. There was a man, let's say a person, there was a person sent from God whose name was Mary. 
or Joan or Barbara or David or I don't know all your names or run out of names, but put your own name in there. There was a man in the Bible sent from God called John. There was a person sent from God today whose name was, stick your own name in there. You got your own name in there? The question is, will you be that man? Will you actually be that woman that others might have a more than ordinary life, but have the abundant life you have, the super abundant life you have, saved as they believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and have eternal life, that they too may believe and hail the incarnate deity. Wouldn't that be a great thing? Wouldn't that be something to celebrate? I believe it would be. Let me pray with you, and I think we're going to maybe try something. Let me say again that if this is something for you that you don't know, Jesus in this way, I really encourage you to come forward uh, later on, just hover around somewhere over there. Um, and also, if you want prayer, as David said earlier on, this folk would just love to pray with you. And, and maybe it's that um, te- testimony by coming forward. It's, it's that step that, yes, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to you this morning. And no one's going to think you're a tremendous backslider. It's something we all need to do. <laughs> but to come forward, it's, it's, I'm, I'm making this stand that on this second day, this Advent, uh, second Advent day, we're going to celebrate and surrender my life to you. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for John the Baptist. We thank you that the way you worked for his life and for his witness and testimony. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our God's Savior. We hail and lift up our hands to the incarnate deity, We thank you for the sacrifice you made for us. We thank you for the superabundant life you've put into us. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us afresh, fill us again afresh, that we might glorify you, that we might exalt you, and that we might be witnesses for you, bearing testimony for you. In your wonderful name we pray. And the people said, Amen.